All right, everyone, welcome into the Crimson Corner. I am your host and Utah Utes insider for KSL Sports, Michelle Bodkin. I don't know if you all have noticed, but some strange and even disappointing things have recently taken place in college football. Feels like those things are here to stay, and I know a lot of people have expressed waning interest in sports because it's wiped clean of everything that made it special. I agree with you, which is why I thought now would be a good time to tell this particular story. I'm going to take you back to the time I fell in love with the idea of telling sports stories. The year was 2009. Utah football just manhandled Alabama in the Sugar Bowl. Anything and everything felt possible for the Utes in that moment. As a freshman in college, taking an introductory criminology class, I met one of the key players in that game who would ultimately go on to be a key player in my life and growth as a person. If you love what I do, you better thank him. And if you can't stand me, well, send him your hate mail. <laughs> please, please welcome into the podcast, Robert Rojo Johnson. Could you imagine me ever saying that, like, or saying anything like that when we first met? No. And I mean, I appreciate those words. Like, I've been knowing you for so long. It feels like we literally were just having this conversation about, like, my kid. Like, yeah. He's a middle schooler now. And, like, it's been that long. Like, gosh, but no, I really appreciate you. You know, you're the one that always helped me get 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 exposure and on top of that you even helped me in class so you know it meant a lot to me and like you and your family have always been wonderful to me so you know I appreciate you oh totally so so you're telling me that you did get that c in that criminology class (laughs) hey I got my degree that's 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 what we like to hear (laughs) these get degrees you could have my notes all day it was totally (laughs) fine I was awake you were not yeah (laughs) And I still remember your red car. Yeah, I remember yes, that. Yes, the 300 uh-huh. CX. Yes. <laughs> <Yep. laughs> um, it was kind of funny trying to stuff you into that thing. On occasion. <laughs> uh, you did not fit very well. No, I did not. But it was still, it just brings back the memories. That's how long we've been knowing each other. <laughs> yes, a very, very, very long time. Well, I mean, uh, we mentioned it's been 15 years since you and I met, which also means it's been 15 years since the Sugar Bowl. The Crimson Club just barely announced that they are inducting you guys into the Crimson Club Hall of Fame. What does that mean to you, looking back on that time frame and, and knowing that that game meant so much? Oh, gosh. I mean, the University of Utah, like the state of Utah at that time was like rocking because it yeah. was just like, this is another big game and another big notch on the state of Utah and the University of Utah backed us up so much. And I mean, I'm very thankful that we finally getting into the Hall of Fame. We finally getting in. We was always talking about it here and there. Like, you know, that 10 year mark is when we start like, hey, are we going to get mentioned to like even be a part of this um, special team or this special group or this, you know, that's fraternity that they have at the university uh, hall of fame and to see that we're finally getting in it felt good to like talk to the boys and we've been talking through emails you know just among each other and you know it's when you have those type of connections with um well not those connections when you went through something like that where you went undefeated and y'all was together for so long like throughout that whole year and it was a lot of stuff that happened that year too if you think about it, it was a whole lot and um Looking at the emails, you know, that we send at each other, the email chain, it's like we never missed a beat, man. We're still cracking jokes, laughing. Even BJ got in on some of the emails. Uh, Coach Anderson is in some of the emails. It's it's like you you make a family within 
that family. And even though it's been so long, we have not stepped away from respecting each other and honoring each other and understood that that year we had one goal, which was to make sure that we win as many times as we can. And it wind up being an undefeated season. Yeah. I mean, talk about that. Like you kind of had touched on it already, but you guys are still incredibly close. I saw, you know, a bunch of you had a big, big get together over the summer. What's it like having a relationship like that with your teammates still even 15 years later? Yeah, um, it was it was at an apartment that I was staying at that um, I was renting out my home and I was at an apartment and we decided to have the get together at a pool party. Mm-hmm. And I just remember me and Steve Sylvester, me and Sly. Uh, Sly is the head person. Though. Sly has been the one that's making sure these emails is getting to everybody that was on that team. And we shot out the email. I was like, hey, we all going to get together. If y'all want to come in the summertime, come early and let's see what happens. And it was a lot of people that showed up. Like yeah. Freddie Brown showed up, which was crazy. like, I haven't seen Freddie in so long. Yeah, Freddie Brown showed up. Um, gosh, man, um, a Shakran showed up. Uh, it was it was a lot of people that popped in. And I was just like, wow. Like, like it's just been that long to kind of see the guys and, it, it just feels so good to know that we was all able to see each other, have the families together because we all got different families now. Um, we all grown now with kids or married or still trying to live that single life, you know, some of us. But, <laughs> you know, it's it's um, it's it's a bond that you can't break because we know the blood and sweat and tears that we had during that season. And um, we know what it took to get there. But we also knew what it took to continue to trust each other on and off the field because it was things that was happening. And it was just, you got to trust. And that was the biggest thing that Coach Anderson on our defense that said that uh, Coach Sataki, uh Coach Scali, um, defense-wise, we was we made sure that off the field, we had to stick together like we would on the field. you know. And then offense-wise, I believe it was the same thing offense-wise. And Coach Witt just made sure to to do that. And you know, it kept us, it kept us humbled and it kept us on top of our A game. Talk about that. Looking, looking back on that time, living in those moments, could you have ever imagined what that accomplishment would ultimately help, <laughs> you know, launch the university into, into what they're doing now and, and, and getting to see that happen, knowing kind of the background of where that started and being a part of that background. I know I, I I could not imagine it was going to be this much um, of the conference switching, you know, like I like a lot of people tell me around the facility whenever I go up there to see the guys or see the see the see the boys up there. They always let us know that our year, uh, like it uh, helped us get into the Pac-12, you know, at that at that time. And we didn't have no thoughts behind it. It was just like we want to go undefeated. We said that mm-hmm. that was in the summertime. And we said that because. um I don't know if you remember, but most of the fans, hopefully you should remember this, is that we had a film crew that was following us that whole season. Mm-hmm. And and the film crew recorded a lot of us, you know, like a lot of our individual like one-on-ones and just like hearing us have conversations about like, you know, like we just got to take it one game at a time. If we, if we get past Michigan, we can get past a lot of other teams. And it was just like, as the season was going, we had our goals set up for that summer. and those goals was getting knocked down every week, every week, those goals were getting knocked down and going undefeated was one of the goals that we had as well as getting to a BCS game was yeah. one of the goals. And we was able to scratch off all those. And, you know, like future wise, we didn't know that 
But yeah. the plan was stick to our goals, cross out a goal every week. So what was the highlight for you personally of that year? Because it, it was an incredible year. And I would have to imagine it was probably the highlight of your entire career going, doing that undefeated season, busting the BCS, all that good stuff. That that season was tough for me. It was very, very hard on me. And, um, you know, like the, the high, like I wouldn't say it was the highest of my career, even though it was undefeated. Um, and it was one of my high highlights or one of my high moments was um, that was that Alabama game, you know, Alabama game where I was able to get two interceptions and um, I almost had a third and mm-hmm. I dropped it. Julio Jones slapped it out of my hands. But, um, you know, that was one of the highlights of the year uh, for me. But it was a very tough year. Um, Coach Scally was on me. Like he was, on, <laughs> he was on me and me and him just could not see eye to eye that season. But we tried our best to get through things. And Coach Scally made me a better man with the way that he was, um, pushing me to be not just a good football player. He was pushing me to be a better leader and, and lead by example. And at that time, you know, when I'm younger, I was, I'm like, dude, I'm not about to keep doing this with you, but it was a tough season. Cause it was some, it was some games I didn't even play in a quarter. Like I, the Oregon state game, I did not play. I don't think I started. The, I don't think I started the first quarter I got in in the middle of the third, in the middle, middle of the third quarter, I think. And I wind up playing the rest of the rest of the game, but yeah, it was games that I missed. And I don't think anybody even knew that I wasn't playing it. And it was because me and Scully was just bumping heads and I couldn't understand his concept. So it was a very, very tough year for me. And I felt like my production was down because of that, but it, it, it was me being immature. You know, that's what it was. It was me being immature and thinking I know it all when I should have just did exactly what needed to be done like I did my senior year. Talk about that a little bit because, I, you know, it comes up all the time. You hear the coaches. I actually was just barely up on campus today, and Coach Scally talked about that very thing, like fall camp is not for the faint of heart if you come and play for Utah. Uh, but, I mean, just the entire program, really, like there, there, there is that saying – we will not become you. You will become one of us. Like, and yeah. it sounds like you had to go through that process a little bit, which is a little surprising to me because it felt like at least from the outside. And at that time I was very much on the outside. You had it going on. Yeah, it was, it was hard. And um, you know, like that, that line right there, you gotta be part of us. That was something that it was hard to accept, to be honest with you. It was hard to accept, but like I said, my junior year, that year that we went undefeated, I, I could not, I could not get this, this culture thing of like, you know, culture, this or fit, you know, like you're not going to be the one to stand out fit, but it was bigger pictures on the wall going into my senior year where it's like doing your job, you know, protecting your teammate on the field. You know, I was not my, that year we went undefeated. I wasn't mature enough to understand that the coaches wasn't saying it exactly in those words, because when you hear it in those words of like, you're going to, you're going to fit us. We're not going to let you, you know, do what you want. That don't fit right with somebody from the inner city. Yeah, It doesn't, it didn't fit right with me at all. It's like, I'm going to do what I want to do. I'm not about to allow you to what, like y'all recruited me, you know, like that's how I was feeling. But my senior year, you hear it. And it was just like, I hear you, but I'm seeing what's more important. I'm seeing the the details or I'm seeing the bigger picture to your words. I'm not just seeing it as words. I'm seeing it as like, yeah, Rojo, be a team player. 
you know, help out, help out the other safeties. That's, that's there. Making sure you go to class on time, you know, Hey, be in control of your weight. Understand that, you know, your weight is everything when it comes to this, make sure to lift weights, make sure it was just those bigger words. Wasn't seen that undefeated season, which was my junior year. I was seeing it as a slap in the face. Cause it's like, I'm not trying to fit in. I'm trying to just do what I can for the team. But it's like, was I really doing what I can for the team? Or was I just being selfish and doing what I felt that was best for me? Yeah, I mean, and here's the thing. You you come from a very different background than a lot of people. I, and this is, I think, part of what drew me to you once I like started talking to you, getting to know you. Growing up in Holiday, Utah, I never met anyone like you. Like, <laughs> no, nah, not even close. Uh, I, I mean everyone I grew up with was well off silver spoon in hand. Like, I mean, their life was pretty cushy and well set from the time they were born. That was not the case with you. You really had to fight for everything you currently have. What was it like coming to a state like Utah that, you know, I, I, there are people that struggle, but not, not quite the way that you did. Yeah. I mean, um, that's a good, that's, that's good that you even like acknowledge that because Coscali, like to me, <laughs> we're so far apart like to right. me so far apart like you think about his high school think about my high school think about the upbringing my upbringing and that's why we banged heads so much my senior my junior year and then it's like i felt like coach scally had something to prove because he just took over the job as the as the safeties coach because we had coach odom and coach mm-hmm. odom was just really laid back like coach odom just like all right you know y'all I'm gonna let y'all do what y'all have to do but then you had coach scally that was like on top of it which like I played it this way. I played football this way. And it's like, that was your era. You know, like things changed now, you know, like we didn't have, we didn't have safeties that needed to make a hundred tackles, you know? And it's like, you wanted me to do a play a certain way. And it's like, that's not how, I, that's not how I played. And then it's like, it went into the background of like, well, this is because the way that you was raised, you know? And then it's like compared to the way that I was raised, but this is me having these thoughts of like, He's on me because he don't understand me. Like, you know, he don't understand the struggle. He don't understand that my weight doesn't have nothing to do with the way that I play, you know, but I understood it later. I, did, I understood it completely later. And that upbringing was what made me tough. My brother's them, my neighborhood. I mean, you know, I went to three different middle schools, three different high schools. Um, you know, it was part of part of growing up in the inner city. And it's like, I didn't know anything about a warm-up until when I came out here to Utah, where, where, where Coach Elisaya was like, Coach Elisaya and Coach Argus was like, hey, yeah, we about to we about to work out. I'm like, okay, cool. We get through a warm-up, 15, 20 minutes. And I'm like, okay, the workout is done. It's like, the workout hasn't started. Like, what? <laughs> you know, like, when I'm in LA, it's like, I just kind of like put my cliques on, let's practice, I'm done, I'm walking out. So I had to learn, I had to, I had to understand how to be a football player a complete football player, not just, I'm just going to do it right now. But that's how it is in LA is that a lot of us play sports because it's just, we're trying to get out, Mm -hmm. but then we really don't know the full football player mentality. We just know the bits of it because a lot of us football players don't get it. A lot of us higher achieving football players don't get a chance to go back to the inner city to talk to kids about this is not normal. You're half, you're half a football player now because putting on shoulder pads, going to practice, but you got to be a complete football player by going to class, trying to set an example, understanding weight, understanding eating, understanding sleeping, 
it's just it's a lot that goes in behind being a a 100% complete football player. I mean, I know I had to humble myself a ton after (laughs) I met, because again, like I just, I never dealt with anyone that had to go through the things that you went through. And it was so eye-opening for me at 19 years old, uh, freshman in college, uh, to to hear you talk about your life. And, and it's one of those things, like, I don't know if you know this, but so you, the, there was this one day you were like Googling stuff and like showing, like showing me around your neighborhood and like explaining yeah. and, and all that kind of stuff. And I was doing a, yeah, yeah, I totally, <laughs> I totally get it. I totally get it. And then you left and I was on Google, like, oh my God, I know nothing about this. Like not a bit. So I had to, I spent a lot of time after I talked to you researching where you're from uh, the history behind it and like it's so ironic because at the time I was not on the sports track at all I was not thinking I was going to work in sports talk to athletes but it ended up coming in real handy you know two two three four years later down the road when I started having to deal with more guys like you and it made it so much easier for me to build that bridge uh, yeah. to, to get to know people. Cause I had this background that I didn't have otherwise. Uh, and here, here's the funny thing I, that I like about like you, I remember when you graduated, you said you were never coming back. Like you would come back oh, yeah. and visit, but you were never living. I'm not here. coming you back. Never, yeah. You're not coming <laughs> back. Like I'm out of here. Peace out. Yep. And here you are. And you're actually building a really great career now up at the U tell everybody what you're doing. Yeah, I mean, I, I, you're 100% correct. I said, no, nah, I ain't coming back here. I was yeah, like, I'm, I'll visit. I was like, I'll visit because <laughs> I love I love the state. I love the university, but I'm not staying. And it's just, you know, things just happen. And, um, you know, I, I found myself being done with the NFL. And um, I wasn't sure what was going to be my next step. I'm like, I'm, you know, like, I want all the listeners out here, all my youth fans or anybody who's reading, listening, whatever this is, you know, um, sports will end, you know, and um, you're never ready. Like, uh, it's a lot of us NFL players that has retired, you know, or that's in the Hall of Fame. And I am about 100% sure that at least 98% of us would tell you that we wasn't ready to end. Like, no matter what, we just wasn't, you know. And as soon as it was over for me, I made that decision to move back here to Salt Lake City. And when I just made that decision, the decision was made because I know how good the state was and I was raising my, I'm raising my son. And I'm like, this is a good state to raise my son instead of raise him in an inner city. And then I have resources. I have resources from college resources from people like yourself, um, different reporters, different coaches. I understood that I can probably talk to some people and try to figure out how can I continue to live because football is over, but you have to live, you know? And, um, job after job I did a lot of bouncing around and a lot of different things and then recently maybe about a year and a half ago I read this book um the, Al- the alchemist okay. I-, I read this book called the alchemist and um it kind of put me focused like laser focus on what I needed to do as like a personal leisure or like my purpose of life because I was trying to figure out what the heck is my purpose it's like I don't even know all I know is football was like a good purpose <laughs> Yeah. Uh, purpose was great, you know, but it was like, I needed to do something after. Then I started realizing I enjoy training kids. I enjoy 
sharing my experiences. I enjoy telling my stories. I enjoy listening to where a kid that's in Utah, um, woman or woman or a man, what what they're going through and seeing what can I help them with with my experiences and things that I have done that helped me and got me to where I was at. Um, and it wind up working out really well where the University of Utah um, reached out to me about being a U career success uh, career coach. So I'm a career coach now at the University of Utah, and um, I help out with the first with the first year and second year or freshmen and sophomores with their career choices, which is something that's very big for me because I didn't know that we had this many resources. Mm-hmm. Being in the athletic world, you don't deal with a lot of the student body, <laughs> I say, yeah. or or like the business center or different resources that I didn't know that was out there for um, for us. You know, it's not a such thing as you're an athlete, you don't get this resource. It's like you're a University of Utah student. You get all the resources because you're a student. You know, you're a student first, athlete second. But I didn't know anything about this. And now I'm a career coach where I'm helping out with resumes, giving um, interview prep prep stuff, um, also doing cover letters, internships, job shadowing opportunities. I'm doing this for the freshmen and the sophomore. And to me, that's something that's that's just big and it gives me the opportunity to stay in the Utah, you uh, read, you know, I'm staying in it. And I'm also being able to just give back some of the things that has helped me. And it's a it's a great opportunity. And I've been doing it for about a month and a half and it has been amazing. And it is it's one of the best things for me to feel like I'm part of a team again because we're all from so many different backgrounds, my my other coworkers and we all got one goal, which is to help a kid graduate and make sure that the kid have a career after you get done with uh, college. And it's not even a kid. I mean, I got to say student because, right. you know, you're not a kid anymore when you're in college. You're a student. You're a, a adult, you know. So I'll say like that is one of the biggest goals right now that we have at my at my job at the University of Utah as a career coach is to help your students or help your kids, which help the student. Uh, graduate and have a career set up. Okay, I mean, all you are is the adultier adult in the room at this right. point. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I've had to accept that at that yeah. point, and it's See, hard. It's, it's hard, so hard, yeah, and that's why we're trying to. I'm glad that um, Katie Abby gave me an opportunity to jump into this role, and she's seen me as a great fit and a great example to talk to the freshmen and the sophomores about life choices because enjoy college better enjoy it you know do what you have to do but try to have a good foundation that you can get yourself set up for when it's over because just like sports you're going to have to graduate at some point and then even if you don't graduate college will end like you can't be in college forever and like if you do be in college for a long time awesome master's program you know phd all that good stuff but eventually it's gonna you're gonna have to stop at some point because it's levels where it hits a ceiling. <laughs> so when it stopped, at least have something to set up, which is where I come in at as your coach. And I mean, having a retired NFL coach, I think it could be good, beneficial, you know, retired NFL player as a career coach for you. <laughs> well, I think what makes, what makes someone like you so good in a position like that is you were in a place. And I think people are much more aware now than when you kind of went through the program but as you mentioned eventually sports end 
And I think, you know, a lot of you were not prepared for, well, what do I do when sports ends? Yes. So, you know, it's kind of the same thing. College eventually ends. Mm-hmm. What, what, what are you really planning on doing when college eventually ends? I think someone like you, that's kind of been in that place where it's like, Oh, Oh, <laughs> oh like I I don't I don't have the next step I don't have the next plan I think hearing that from someone like you is a lot easier to take than than someone that just kind of comes in like they know it all uh yeah you've been yeah. through that struggle yeah and that's why we like rebranding that whole uh career career center like we like changing it all up and like I said Katie she's amazing to kind of have this outlook that's like Rojo you didn't been through how many jobs? Like I was like six jobs. And she said, your experience is the most important to these kids, to these students. They will listen to you more because they'll understand that when you say one job don't fit all, mm-hmm. you really, one job don't fit all. It took you a while to find your niche and find out what you're good at. So I'm like, yeah, I can be relatable with, with the students instead of just, like you said, being a higher education person that I know it all. You need to do this and do that. I'm more of just like, how can I help you? Right. You know, like, what can I help you with? Um, you have any questions? I want to answer them. You know, like that's what I'm here for. And I'm just excited and been happy and been proud of myself to like stick to my little journey after listening to the book, just stick into my journey and just like things will work itself out and it's working itself out. Now you said something else that I thought was really interesting. Uh, and it reminds me of something that another former NFL player said to me. Uh, he he was our quarterback with the Salt Lake Stallions. Uh, his name is BJ Daniels. But he always would talk about when I was being recruited, I made sure I thought about, you know, where can I go back and call home? And where mm-hmm. do I think I'll have the best resources? I don't know that you necessarily thought about that when you got your opportunity with Utah, but how how do you think that's kind of played out for you, you know, even without having thought about that? Because obviously I think it's worked out pretty well for you. Yeah, yeah. And um, Utah is home for me. You know, it's like I didn't grow up here. I always let it be known. I didn't grow up here and things like that. But I'm currently living here because the state of Utah has been the best choice for me and it has been the most um, growth. I have grown a lot as a man and a father um, being here in the state of Utah. And now I'm back at the U and it's like, I'm not on a, a three-year scholarship, you know, I'm, yeah. I'm there and I'm going to make sure that I try to help out as many students as I can there on top of that show, how appreciative I am about calling this home because this is home for me. And you know, people be like, Salt Lake City, Ugh, Utah, Utah. I'm like, just come visit. Like, I tell them all the time, just come visit. Like, you know, there's nothing wrong with visiting. You know, come visit. Come to Salt Lake City. Don't go down south. You know, that's that's different. Don't go there. You know, but, you know, like, come to Salt Lake City and just experience it for a weekend. And then you make your own thoughts behind it. But... What you're doing at the U is not the only impactful thing you're doing. You you just barely held a flag football camp, uh, and you are also working with two other former Utes, uh, yeah. doing some some mental health stuff. Talk about those things. Yeah, so um, like I was saying about this book, like <laughs> the Alchemist is really that book made me stay where I felt like my journey was to give back and help, and it started with OG therapy. Um, one of my good friends. Uh, Dave, I can never say his last name right, but Dave C- 
the Kazowski, but we call them Kaz. Yes. Call him Kaz. And then I'm like, his last name is like Monsters the Movie. Like he laughed at it when I said it. But it's like the, 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 one of the monsters on there is named Kazowski, I think, right? So yeah, so yeah Kaz is me, Kaz, and then it's uh, Kenneth Scott, K. Scott. And um, we was doing something, we're doing it now, OG, OG therapy, we call it, and it's um, Shosa Help. We're pretty much trying to figure out a way to just have students, which is another thing working with students, teenagers, students, um, being able to talk to us about the social health part, because the social health is very important. And it's so hard to, um, to, to talk about that, because sometimes, well, the way society is, it's like you use social media to talk about it when that's not the best outlet. So the way that we was looking at it for our OG therapy was just being able to talk to some of the teenagers in high school and let them express or ask questions. And we just give them experiences where we're not trying to tell them what to do. We're just trying to give them some a better, give them a different, a different look um, coming from our view when it comes to that. And that is called OG therapy with, like I said, Kaz and me and me and K Scott. And we always do different episodes. You can find his own podcasts now. We're on there. And then I recently just did a camp. Um, my camp is going to last another four sessions. We already closed off because we had a lot of we had a lot of kids, but I would love to have more kids. And my camp is just skill camp for flag football. Instead yeah. of me doing tackle football, I was like, I'm just going to do flag because flag is the is to me is the best route to go about when it comes to playing football. And I'm out there training the kids to not be professional athletes. Mm-hmm. I'm training them to love football. Because if you love football, you would do more and figure out a way to get to that level without me even telling you. So that's what me and my partner, Kent, that's what we have came up with. It's like our mission is to see if the kids love football. Like if you love football, we can always make it work. If you don't love football, you can still be out there with us. You can figure it out, you know. So that's been my goal with my camp. And then um, on top of the camp, um, I still do public speak i still do public speaking you know still do, i still do that a lot where i go talk to kids talk to kids this time not just students <laughs> but talk to kids um talk to some of the high school football teams and it's just has been wonderful to just be able to make sure i stay on this journey that i've been going on and not let any distractions move me from the purpose of life that i was mentioning earlier so it's like i have a lot of stuff going on but it's not wearing me out because I enjoy it. You know, like it's not a desire to go find money. It's the purpose that I'm, I'm love giving back is the purpose. One other area where you're giving back is you sit on a board for the Crimson Collective as well. You talk about like, how, how do you feel about NIL for starts? And, and what is it that you kind of help guide the Crimson Collective on? Well, you know, I'm 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 gonna be honest. It's like I'm helping out. I told them I don't really want to be on the board, mm-hmm. and that's a personal reason for me. Mm-hmm. Is because when it comes to likeliness and imaging, um, you know, nil is you know is exactly what is what it says right there. You know, it's just the imaging, the likeliness, and all that stuff. It's like, you know. When I was in college, I didn't get any of that. Right. <laughs> I didn't get any right. of that. But you then when I was it, Yeah, you right. Like, well I, with it. I wish. Like, yeah, yeah. But then like like being on the board, um, I had it was some parents that reached out to me just because they know that I played football at the U. Mm-hmm. And and like I said, it got personal for me because I'm like, 
you know, my picture, my imaging, uh, people are reaching out to me because they see my picture and, and, uh, and, and I, I didn't get selfish, but then I felt like it was starting to get a little selfish because I'm like, well, I'm not getting any money for this. And it's like, I'm helping the kids and co- helping the, the student athletes, but it's like, you know, I'm still jobless at that time, you know, and going through this is like, so I decided to tell them like, I'm just take me off the board and I'm just going to help out, mm-hmm. you know? And I did that because I felt like I was getting very, um, egotistic about like, I'm not getting paid, you know, and things like that. And that's why I felt like I need to step away from it because that's selfish and that's not right. But I'm, I'm, I still help out. I help out here and there. Um, you know, I'm very happy for the kid, for the, for the student athletes that's getting paid, whether they're female or they're male, you know, they deserve it. And, um, you know, I know when I was in college, I wish I would have had the opportunity to do it, but right now it's a new era and they deserve everything that they needed because I know what it's like to be a student athlete. But it does make you feel like they being a little, some people are selfish or entitlement mm-hmm. because there's no loyalty. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that can, um, that can make and break a team because you can have a player that don't want to battle for a starting position, mm-hmm. but then they feel like they got other money. Oh, I got extra money. I can go to this school and get extra money. And it's like, you're not loyal, but it's a, it's, it's, it's a hit and miss. I'm in the middle and it's not good to be in the middle, but I am because student athletes need to be paid because of what they go through. But this, the entitlement part, the loyalty, that's not, that's not something that I'm, I'm behind. I, and I get that. I understand that. I would say so far, it seems like Utah's done a good job of retaining guys though, even if they're not yeah. necessarily able to pay them, you know, the going rate of other places. What what do you think about the job that Utah's done, at least so far early on in this new era that we're all still trying to figure out? Uh, and what why do you think guys still ought to stay, even though they could go and get a bigger paycheck someplace else? I believe that um, we have a, a bigger chance um, of developing players. Mm-hmm. We um, we're like one of the the few universities that still have the same coaching staff, so. We can all talk, like I still go up to the university and some of the players talk to me and it's like the same thing y'all was going through, I went through because it's the same coaching staff. So sometimes that make a player see that the loyalty is there, mm-hmm. you know, because it's a lot of college coaches that says that they're loyal, but then they wind up leaving, and they wind up leaving those kids in the dirt where it's just like, hey, I'm out, you could transfer it with me. You know, I'm not saying anything about Colorado, but I mean, you see how that kind of like, transpired when mm-hmm. I'm a big Deion Sanders fan but still if you think about it just like in a in in a in a different perspective it's like these coaches they be leaving so fast and they'll have a player that they say that they love and they want you they sit in your living room and then they wind up leaving schools and then leaving you behind but they take a certain player that they want like that leaves a, a hole in that in that student player's heart about like loyalty so I can see that's why some of the players uh will leave but then when you have that loyalty through the coaching staff, the players will stay. And it's showing at the University of Utah, since our coaching staff, we might change here and there, but the base of the coaching staff is still the same. So those players are more willing to stay and more willing to, to trust that they're developing, they're, they're getting developed into an NFL player or just getting developed into a better person. Looking at the makeup of this team now, obviously they've also accomplished some incredibly high highs, winning back-to-back Pac-12 championships, going to a row, two Rose Bowls in a row. Granted, those were not wins, but 
still just having kind of an opportunity that a lot of people dream of, but never get to actually even sniff really, mm-hmm. you know, what, as someone that's also accomplished something very, very large at that university, what's it like sitting back and watching this current group kind of go through the motions of what they've been doing the last few years? Um, I'm very proud of them. Like that's, I'm just very proud of the university um, program. Um, I'm very happy, very proud. And um, the way that I'm looking at things is that this is me having my perspective is that we're lining ourselves up to get a national title. That's seemed like that has been the biggest goal. That was my goal when I was playing. Like that's always been a goal that we have as a football program is just getting ourselves in, in, in the spotlight and getting ourselves into that national title. And seeing some of the realignment that just happened, the big realignment where we're going to a different conference, um, the goal, and like I tell fans and try to explain to people, the goal is to have a national title, get into that power conference or get into a better position where we don't get overlooked because University of Utah has always been overlooked. Even even when it, when it packed 12 championships, we're still overlooked. But now getting into this conference, you can't overlook, get into the new conference next year. Uh, you're not going to be able to overlook it because we're in that power, we're in that power conference, I guess, or whatever. So we should have a better opportunity to get into that national championship or get into the playoffs as the first step. You know, we haven't gotten to a playoff position yet. So let's get into a playoff position and let's try to win this last Rose Bowl that we'll be part of. Let's take it one game at a time. So yeah, I'm like very happy and proud of the way that the team is going and proud of the way that the players are taking it because you can get big headed quick, mm-hmm. but they're taking it pretty well. And we're going to see what it's like this first game on the 31st, that Thursday when Florida come to us. And I know that the stadium is going to be rocking. Oh, it's absolutely <laughs> insane. Like I, even on a Thursday, yeah. leave uh, no doubt, leave no doubt that <laughs> it will be crazy. Uh, you know, you're someone that's dealt with personal tragedy, the this team, this current team, uh, and some guys have graduated out, but like they've dealt with some immense personal tragedy and they've still come out on top. You were someone that's dealt with immense personal tragedy and has come out on top. What what were you thinking when all this stuff came down about Ty Jordan, Aaron Lowe, and seeing seeing the team kind of skyrocket the way that it did, even though I mean I, they had to have been absolutely reeling with what was going on. I can't even imagine. Yeah, I was going to say, I can't even imagine it either because it's tough. It's tough to um, watch a teammate that was just there with you at practice. Then all of a sudden, it's not he's not there the next day, like during the weight room calling. So it's kind of tough to kind of see that. And I, and, you know, the university was already on the up and up. Mm-hmm. So I believe that, those two devs just added just more, more fire to the way that um, you got to come together as players because you just never know. And I, and I think that that's one of the biggest things that we're holding on to at the university of Utah is just like the family, the our family break that we have. It really means a lot because now, honestly, like I said, you can see that player at practice that day. And then the next day, you know, you just, this locker is just empty. So I believe that that has lit the fire of like really pushing the family part. And then that's probably what keeps players around as well, because, you know, it's a real family. Like, you know, it's, it's, you make money now and I makes money, 
But in reality, it's like, you know, the family, the family break really means a lot. It doesn't mean just like, we're just here. We're going to transfer out. It's like, it means more than the world because you didn't see the way that we kind of came together and those players has graduated out, but they still bleeding the same thing into the new players. And that's probably why some of those new players even committed to Utah because of what they seen. So the legacy lives on. It's just going to continue to go. You were with Scally in his very, very early years. You were actually also with Witt in his very early years as a head coach. What kind of progressions have you seen from those two since you were actually a player? Well, I mean, I'm happy Coach Witt cut the mullet or whatever it was he had. I was like, Coach, <laughs> this is – this is getting out of hand, man. But no, um, no, I have seen, like, I mean, like I always say Coach Sataki is my father figure. He always has been there for me. But I have seen the growth from Coach Witt. Like, he's just, he's not living in the moment. He's He know how to coach players and know how to get players going. And he also know how to just, as a alum, he remembers everything about us. And I think, like, that makes, that makes it, special and like he understand that you can coach and be a coach and just be like I'm a head coach and go from there or you could be personable and really like build that relationship and like talk to us on a personal level which makes us have his back and commit to him even 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 if we're not football even if we're not on the football team anymore and then coach Scally I've seen the growth with him. I just haven't sat in the meeting room with him yet. So once I sit in the meeting room with him, I can tell you like, oh yeah, I know he changed, but seeing him on the field, he's still the same, mm-hmm. you know, fireball. He's going to say everything he has to say at practice. He's going to get on you. He's going to make you better at practice. Then during the game, he's really chilled and laid back, you know, and that's how he always been. Like I can see in some, in, in the next couple of years, not saying it's going to happen. So don't mark my word, but I can see the next <laughs> couple of years of like, him being a head coach and and doing things for for either our program or another program or organization you know you mm-hmm. want to go as deep as that like he's he's a good guy that could definitely make things happen and his growth has been amazing so to bring this kind of full circle we talked about it's been 15 years since that sugar bowl win that undefeated season you're getting inducted into the crimson club hall of fame what do you guys have planned for, for that UCLA game when you, you get the official call out, uh, are you guys doing anything big for that? No, nah, we're not doing anything big. I felt like we just going to be more excited to see each other. <laughs> I think that's like, that has always been our thing. Even that undefeated season, like we took the win, we get the win, but we turn around and we have fun with each other. It's just, just like one of those things. We didn't do anything too crazy. So I don't think we're going to do anything other than probably be surprised that some people probably got beards, some people people got beer bellies, you know, like we like, you know, it's going to be more of like just the laughter and jokes of just having seen each other in so long. Because it's a couple of guys that didn't come during the summertime that said that they're going to come for the uh, for our, our, our induct. So we're going to see where everybody at because everybody body and everything changed. So but it's still the same personality. So we're not going to do anything too crazy other than just enjoy the moment and take it in, but then also just look at each other like we really did it. Well, I am looking forward to that moment in uh, about a month, actually. Yeah, yeah month. it's coming up fast. Yes. Uh, but where can people find you and keep up on what you're doing? 
Yeah. So, um, you know, on my Instagram for sure, uh, Robert, Robert L Johnson, 32, almost forgot that. Yeah. So <laughs> my Instagram, and then I'll be on Twitter a little bit, which is my handle is, uh, the Rojo, uh, yeah. The Rojo, uh, three, two, I think, or the Rojo, one of them, but I would say more of like, you can really find me now. And like, when it comes to, um, setting appointments to meet with me or maybe have your kids that's freshmen or sophomore that wants to meet with me as a career coach and just talk to them and see what I can help them with. You can find me on the career page as well on our um, you, our you career success uh, page where you can book me as a career coach and I could be your kid's career coach and I can give them whatever they need, but I'll be on LinkedIn a lot now. So my LinkedIn is Robert uh, Rojo Johnson and, you can ask me questions on there and I can do whatever I can to help. Well, thank you so much, Robert, for joining me on my podcast. It's always great catching up with you. And I know I'll see you on the sidelines soon. Heck yeah, you will. And it's always good to catch up with you too. And I'm very proud of you too. Happy for you. Thank you. Okay, guys. Well, that wraps up another episode of the Crimson Corner. We will be back next week with another special guest. But in the meantime, as always, go you. Yeah.